Good morning! Welcome to the Burlington Church of Christ. I know you've already been welcomed, but my name is Mike, and uh, I, uh, I have the privilege of being the minister for the church here. If you have a Bible, turn over to Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be going this morning. You know, in 2011, Harvard Medical School put out an article uh, in, in their mental health column talking about how the, the benefits that were giving it, it's titled Praise to gratitude. And, and in the article, it talked about how the research of these two psychologists saying that gratitude is probably the simplest like, way of getting to, the, the, the exact term was expressing thanks, maybe one of the simplest ways to feel better or to have a better life. Just by expressing thanks. So when we talk about giving thanks, we, we can actually improve our lives by being more grateful and thankful people. Because it, it, it affects the actual chemistry and makeup of your mind. How you proceed and how you go forward. And, and their findings were that if you would just spend some time reflecting daily, that you can actually improve your mental state. You can increase your level of joy. You know, they, they, they found a number of things. Uh, and, and here's a few of them. Physically, you have a stronger immune system. Right? You... You have, you're less bothered by aches and pains. Sometimes that would feel great, uh, you know, on my back. The uh, lower blood pressure, it says that you would tend to actually exercise more and take better care of your health. In their study, what they found was that people who started uh, keeping a journal, they gave this a study, they had one group of people start just journaling what kind of the bad things were that went on for a month. Another people, they just said, journal about what impacts you in any way. It didn't good or bad. And the other said, keep a journal of the good things that happened to you. And what they found by the end of the month was that the people who were more grateful, they tended to feel just happier and better about where their life was going. They, they physically felt better. They went to the gym typically more. They felt like they, they had more potential in their life by the end of a month. Just from that study versus the other two groups. And so that, that benefit, what they came away with is that just reflecting on this grateful mindset can actually change your outlook on life as a whole. Psychologically, it gives you higher levels of uh, just essentially just positive emotion. You feel more alert, alive. You, you, you feel like there's just so much more good in the world. And anybody ever go on Facebook and you, you uh, or maybe you don't have a Facebook, you know, you read the news and it's like negative, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. They've actually found that that can, if you look at that early, it will project your whole day. In fact, it can, and if, if the negative aspect is seen by you and you continue to read some of those things, your state of mind actually becomes more negative. It's crazy. It will, it will carry through through your whole day. Uh, and there's some other cool things that come with it, and, and I'll talk through some of the practicals of even what they, what these psychologists have found. And what's cool is to seeing how they've tied them to Scripture, or how Scripture actually ties to that. Or they've kind of jumped in to, to find the truth that God already knew to be true. But, um, so turn over to Philippians 4, like I said, and we're going to start in verse 4. I'm in Colossians. And this is what, this, all of these findings, these readings, I was like, what about 
give thanks was our theme. I said, okay, I want to I want to look into this. What's the good of giving thanks and gratitude? I found some of these articles. It was very cool to read through. But it reminded me of this scripture from Paul. And it says this in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. You know, this, my, my goal, my hope this morning is that through focusing on following Jesus' example, I want to help us see how we can greater increase the joy in our own lives. Through, through a heart of both humility and gratitude. But again, it focuses on Christ's own example. Right? And uh, it reminded me of this. I only have two points this morning. My first point is this. It can't all be about you. It can't all be about you. Starting in Philippians 2, I want to jump over there. I will come back to this Philippians 4 scripture, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But in Philippians 2, verse 1, Paul is again, I mean, this is the same letter. He's writing to them. And uh, before I read this, give a little context. This particular letter is known for being full of joy. The premise of this letter, it's known for being the, the letter of joy. He says rejoice, the joy, the God of peace, the, 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 all of these things come through again and again and again and again and again throughout this letter. And so his, we can take an emphasis on this. We want to see how do we have joy. We'll look at some of the examples of Paul in this. And uh, I think to do that, though, it's, to be, it's got to start. With Jesus, and I think that that's how how Paul starts this letter from the very beginning. But this section here, I think he does a, a really good job of bringing it home to us. Starting in verse one of chapter two, it says this: If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You know, what we see here from the very beginning, Paul's underlying message, he begins it with an if, actually. It starts with an if. And what he's saying is, if you have any encouragement, if you've had anything good that you've ever experienced about your life and about being united with Jesus, then have a response. Alright? And his, his premise, the underlying merit of this, is that you must be grateful. Right? Before you can do these other things, he's like, if you, if you want to be like-minded, if you want the peace, if you want so many of these other qualities, he's like, you've got to first... Focus on what you have received, right? Because we've already received it. We don't work to receive, all right? God does not work on a, the capitalist system. We don't, we don't work and then receive. He actually gives, and because we've been given to, we therefore, out of gratitude, do work, right? And that's a very important point for us to see, and it, it helps us. Because to be grateful... You have to have a humble mentality, like Jesus. You know, the humility and the selfless nature of Jesus jumps off the page if you really consider what the scripture is saying. Because he's, he's talking about, he, he made himself nothing. Now, I don't know if you think about that much, but what does it mean? He, he's talking about, he said, he became a man. And depending on your level of humility, it it depends on how you take this. But to be told, you're nothing, could be really discouraging. Right? But Jesus says he became a man. He became nothing. Right? And what does that, what, how does that entail? Actually, if you go into the, the way that this could be translated, it's kind of funny. It talks about how he emptied himself. He emptied himself. And so if if you can conceive God, right? If there's a, a infinite God, Because if he's God, then he absolutely has to be infinite. If he's not, then he's not God. There's the aspect for him to become limited and become a man. Right? He is infinitely emptying himself. It's as if he became nothing. What do I mean by that? You have infinity and you have 100,000. It would essentially look like 100,000 is still zero in comparison. And, And so God emptied himself. He could still be great as Jesus and powerful, but he gave up so much. And he gave it up for others. He gave it up for us. And so when we look at that example of Jesus, he gave himself selflessly. You guys see where I'm going? Does it make sense? And so we look at Christ's example. It's incredible when you consider these things. And then to die a, a sinner's death in the sense of this was the most humiliating way to die. A Roman citizen, you weren't actually... If you were a Roman, you couldn't be killed on a cross because it was too humiliating. And yet that's how God, who emptied himself to become man, chose to die for us. Right? That's that's incredible. And so when we look at this example of Jesus, remember that it's not all about you. Now, why do you have to do that? Paul writes this section, he says, to be grateful. And I mentioned the part before, it says that we've, we don't work to earn it. We've already received, and because we're grateful. 
if you won the lottery, right? You won the lottery. I, I would be so ecstatic. I would be fired up. We would have totally full paid interns for sure. Uh, it would be awesome to, to have some people. But it, there, there would be many things. Maybe we'd have a church building. You know, I, I love meeting here, but it'd be nice to have a building. Yeah. All of these things. I'd be so excited. I'd be so grateful. Because I didn't earn it. It's just something that came by random chance. Well, if you believe in chance. But, it, but then you look at, what if I thought I won the lottery and I'm like, well, I deserve this. Right? I, oh, I earned it. I went into the store and I bought that lottery ticket. I earned that lottery ticket. I immediately actually reduced my level of joy. Because I'm no longer grateful. If you go, oh, I, I earned this for myself. Or this was owed to me. I deserve it. Right? You immediately take gratitude from... Like, you, you, you remove from yourself the ability to be joyful. And so, that's where, here, one of the first things we've got to do from the beginning. You start from, what have you received? Because you have not earned it. It's been given to you. You didn't deserve it. Does that make sense? And so that's why when he writes, if you have any compassion, any joy, any of these things, he's like, fight for this. The like-minded aspect. <clears throat> you know, remembering that it's not all about us. And uh, I think being, and that's not to say being an individual. Paul writes, he says, consider others better than yourselves. Right? And, and being selfless. Some people get into the, the headspace like, Oh, you're telling me not to be an individual. No, I'm not telling you not to be an individual. But a person whose life revolves entirely around them, right? If, if everything is, is mine, it's owed to me, I deserve it, they, they can't be grateful. And it can't be all about us all the time. So we, we have to take, take a perspective to step away and consider what we've been given. Consider the people who have worked in your life to help you, right? To get you where you are. Yeah. And uh, this generation of, uh, my generation uh, of young people and, and some others can, can tend to take the mentality of, we're very entitled, I, my generation is. I, I, it's, there's been a lot of articles about it. Like we can ask for a lot of things. We expect people to give a lot of things to us. And... And, and what's cool is there is a shift happening. I think uh, either it's my generation or the next one coming that there's a mentality to try to give more back. But it's that entitled aspect. We actually, it robs us of, of, us of a lot of joy. And I guess my question to you is what are you robbing of yourself by being so selfish? If you want more joy, be more selfless. Consider yourself less and consider others more. At this time of giving thanks, let's be a people where we think about what other people have contributed to our lives. That we bring more joy to others and we infect in ourselves by being more grateful. But you've got to start by being like Jesus. Of thinking of yourself less. Of being more humble and being more selfless. Does that make sense, church? And... Like I said, even, even the psychologist, one of the things that he was saying is like, the greatest challenge to gratitude, the greatest aspect is having a self, self-focused and selfish perspective. 
And so I want to encourage us, when we adopt this way of thinking, we're going to be able to be more grateful. So, like I said, I said we're going to talk about the humble heart of Christ and a, and a grateful perspective. And so that's my second point, is practice a positive perception. Practice a positive perception or perspective. I think that's what I wrote. Amen. Both start with peace. So, but I, I, I look at the scripture, practicing this, the thing that these psychologists found, and even Paul is reminding us of, is actually what Paul wrote right here in Philippians 4. And I, I want to read that again. I'm going to actually focus in. I'll, I'll start from verse 4 again. I'm just going to start from a little farther down, but I think it's, it's just so perfect if you think about this. He says again, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned from me or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. You know, in this scripture, part of what we're called to, part of living as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, is developing a spiritual mindset and not a worldly mindset. Right? You can't be a person so worried about the physical elements. But I could say that, but how easy is that? Let's be real. When you read this scripture and it says, do not worry about anything. And you're having a bad day or you're having a bad week or a bad month or there's incredible tragedy, tragedy going on in your life. This sounds like a great idea, but it is one of the hardest things to do. And so I don't mean this to trivialize any any pain. In fact, it doesn't make it any less hard, but what it does do is it says, this is still how we're called to think and to strive. And that's part of living as as a disciple of Jesus. We've got to strive for this. And even uh, even the psychologists, what they found is that it can feel... Paul's essentially writing, he's saying, fight to have a positive attitude. Fight to think in a positive way, in a positive light. And what the psychologist found was, for people who don't do this, when they initially start, they feel like it's fake. It's contrived. It's, it's, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be a happy person. Right? And can anybody else relate with that? To feel like, oh, just, just be happy. Just be happy. Uh, and, and he addresses that in this study. But his point is actually that it's a state of mind and a, a mental, almost like mental training. And he says... That if you start, it will soon become no longer just a practice, but it becomes who you are. It's no longer contrived, it's genuine, it's real. But it's, it's a mental training, like you've got to train your mind to be like this, to train yourself to be spiritual and not worldly. Right? And that's not always easy. 
It's not easy. But it is what we're called to do. And what's amazing is that God's way is so true that we will receive the benefits of it. We will have the joy from it. It's going to happen. But I love in verse 6 when he says, he says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. With thanksgiving. How often do we pre-pray? I mean, let's be sincere. When we pray, if you pray, uh, do you give prayer and petitions? But how often do we do it with thanksgiving? Right? How often do we start with thanksgiving? Thank you, God, for all of the things that we have. For the, how good He is. For the salvation we have. Who Jesus is. The good things in our life. How often we do, do we do that, church? Do we do a good job of that? And if so, amen. You reap the benefits of it. But let's make sure that we are, we're the ones that are, are living out this aspect of being thankful. You know, here, I want to give you some practical tips, alright? Very practical. If you want some tips, this is both part of what Paul's talking about when he says this, about thinking about such things, these good things. He sums it up, and what these psychologists essentially put out there is this. Write thank you notes. This is one of the the best recommendations they had. Number one was, write thank you notes. Sounds silly, but just to say thank you to people can can dramatically affect you. They, They said that one person writing a thank you note to somebody who's done something to you meaningful and giving it to them can have a lasting effect for a month. They studied out the, the positive effects of gratitude, what it has on your body and your mental state, can last for a month by one thank you, well thought out act of gratitude. Isn't that amazing? You know, another aspect, so I would encourage you, write some thank you cards. Keep a daily gratitude journal. Right? We often, we're a church that believes that the Word of God is true. We believe that we should be in our Bibles every day. And that's hard to do sometimes. But we believe we should be reflecting on it. One of the things they recommend is have a gratitude journal. Every day, just write down a few of the things you're grateful for. When you sit down to have your quiet time, write down two or three things in the beginning that you're grateful for. And don't just say, I'm grateful for my house, my car, my blank. Say, why are you grateful for it? Spend a little bit of time like really considering it. Does that make sense? Because you could say just, sometimes you can do three quick things. Sometimes you can't do three quick things, right? If you're having a really bad day. You're like, there's nothing good. Everything is horrible. That's not true. But there are so many good things in our lives. And we just need to make sure that we're Try to acknowledge them every day. Train your mind to be spiritual and positive. That's what we're called to do. Another one is have a weekly time. And this is, there's the, the daily time. Have a weekly time of really listing your blessings. The real blessings you have in your life. And one of the things that you even put in this study and that obviously we know as Christians to be true. Pray. Yes. Spending time in prayer. They were like expressing your gratitude and thanks to God. This was crazy. When you have Harvard's like their their like medical column, their mental health column, and one of the sections is talking about how prayer is good for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! Prayer is good for us. Whoa! It's not like 
you know, that hasn't been around for thousands of years that we should be doing that. But uh, it does help us. And so, we can practice these simple things daily. And they can make life-changing effects on us and the people around us. To be full of light, to pour out gratitude, to be thankful. I mean, that's incredible. You pour light into a dark place. And aren't we a city on a hill? A light? Let us be that, church. Let us be the people that exude gratitude in this season, at this time, and making sure that we are the people of God who people know. Oh my goodness, this person is different. I know. And I know we have members of our church who are known for being different in these ways. And, and you guys are amazing. But I just want to encourage us. Let's make sure that we train ourselves to be grateful so that in all things, in every way, it will be to the glory of God, not ourselves. But people will know that we are disciples for our love for one another, for our love and sincere, not contrived gratitude or positive thinking, but a genuine change of who we are. As we bring light into the world, church, especially at this time of year, let's make sure we pour it out. Pour ourselves out. Let's be grateful. Let's be thankful. Let's be the light that the world needs us to be. And let's change our city and make a difference for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen.